This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. Well, this is some beautiful weather. Have you been working on your car some more? I've been working on the car a little bit, and then I have a shed that I sold of getting that fixed up and ready to move. And, uh, yeah, the weather's been absolutely gorgeous, so I've been getting out as much as I can. It's awesome. Excellent. Everybody needs to get some of that good fresh air. Today, we're going to talk about engine oil between your vehicle repair questions and, uh, you know, Allison, how uh, are repair shops closed in dealers and quick change oil places and auto parts stores? Are they shut down? They were considered essential. So anything in the automobile industry, everything, auto parts store, that's Harbor Freight, O'Reilly's, all those are open. And all your quick change, oil change places, all those are open so everyone in the automobile industry was considered essential and is open. And I've still been working, and uh, and and people that I know are still working. So that was a, thankfully was considered essential. Now the oil that you put in your car, it's got lots of letters. It's not ten W forty or. What? But what? Tell us what? What did those numbers and letters associated with the engine oil mean? The first letter is going to be the viscosity during the winter, which is what the W stands for, is winter. And then the other viscosity number, the number that comes after that, is at your operating temperature. So at the cold startup, your viscosity would be say five W which is your average engine oil that's used in most cars. And then your viscosity, when it once it warms up to operating temperature, would be 30. And viscosity means how, the flow, basically the flow of the fluid, uh, how quickly that it flows. So it flows um, slower at, when it's cold, and it flows faster when it's hot. So and that's what those numbers and letters mean. And I know I know it's a little bit confusing, but that's what they mean. So the you said so the the so uh, let's let's g- give an example of, you know, 5W40 and 10W30. So 10W30 is going to have it's going to have a higher viscosity at a cold temperature and so it's going to be harder to crank. So that's something that you usually see used in warmer temperatures uh, places so that the, your cold cranking will crank easier on the vehicle. Um, so that's going to have a higher viscosity. It's going to be harder to crank at a cold temperature than a 5W30 or 5W40. Okay. And so does it... the type of oil mostly depend on the the area the the climate you live on or can it also depend on the age of the vehicle it can depend on the the climate that you're in um it also depends on the engine and how the engine was made the tolerances in the engine 
Um, the engines are made these days with higher tolerances, so they and they want them to last longer. So they use they basically everything's moved to synthetic oil on motors for cars, and um, so that affects what kind of oil you use in your car. Do you always use what's in the owner's manual for your car, or as your car ages? Do you change, do you move to different uh, strengths and viscosities of oil? Something I recommend is, is if you drive your car long distances regularly and you're going through oil changes quicker, is you can change to a synthetic blend or a synthetic oil to, so that your oil changes last longer. But that's only if you have a younger car, a, a later model car, a young engine. If you have an oil leak on your vehicle, you don't want to change oils. You want to use whatever is recommended. And, um, and if it's conventional, you want to stick to conventional because synthetic can make leaks worse on a car that already has oil leaks on, a, on an older engine. But synthetic uh, oils last longer, so if you're going through oil changes quicker, you might want to go to something that lasts longer and takes it longer to break in but then once they break in they last a lot longer than conventional oil they're a lot better for your car it doesn't have sludge build up and as bad and and it uh doesn't change viscosity as uh it stays more uniform with the viscosity in the vehicle but so with with that being said it's best to just go by your owner's manual for those who don't know what would be recommended to change or not comfortable with changing the, the old type and just go with whatever was recommended on the vehicle. And that's in your owner's manual. It's also on your oil cap on your engine. It'll say what oil to use on there. Uh, synthetic oils say zero W um, because their viscosity is lower. And, um, so you want to go basically overall go with what 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 your car is supposed to use and don't don't switch it unless you're comfortable with with knowing the difference and how, and why you're switching and what what how your engine is performing at that time whether it's leaking or not. We're talking about oil changes today. In between your car repair questions. Let's take a call and call, talk to Henry in Vidalia, Louisiana. Hey, I'm sorry, Harry. Harry, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Thank you. Should you change the oil filter every time you change oil? That's a good question. And Liz, if you remember a long time ago on one of our first shows, we had a gentleman call in that said you could just change the filter and not the oil itself on transmission fluid and oil filter oil changes and i asked him to um to pass along the information where he got it from in a book that he read about fluids and oils and uh, we never heard back from him unfortunately (laughs) but so that was something that a a fellow who called in a long time ago said with that being said i've never read up on that theory or anything like that i would recommend changing the the oil filter every time that you change the oil in your car. And uh, and the theory that that fellow said was also along the same lines. 
that in your oil filter, it catches a lot of sludge and stuff that would otherwise be going through your engine. So you want that captured in that oil filter, and you want to change that out. So, yes, do change your oil filter every time you change your oil in your motor. Okay, I've got a Chevrolet Silverado pickup with about 200,000 miles, and I get conflicting answers about uh, servicing the transmission or changing the transmission oil. What should I do, if anything? On the transmission fluid, it's just what you should do is what's called a drain and fill, and you just drain out the fluid. You're going to get about three to four quarts of fluid, maybe a little bit more in a big truck like that, and you would replace it with that amount of fluid that came out and then check your oil level after that in your transmission fluid. What you don't want to do when it's a car with high mileage like that is do a flush. And I think that's the conflicting answers that you're getting is whether or not you should do a, a full change on all the fluid. You shouldn't do that. You should just do a drain and fill. And you can change the filter if it's never been changed. But the, those transmission filters, some of them last the lifetime of a vehicle. So you don't particularly have to drop the pan and change the filter. But the drain and fill on the fluid is what I would recommend for all cars, and you want to do that every 50,000 miles. Okay. Are figures available on the repair costs on trucks by uh, make at, say, 150,000, 200,000, and 300,000 miles? That's good. That's good. That yeah, would that, be that nice if, right. if, there was a, if there was a place, but I guess maybe each – each uh, mechanic in each place would charge their own uh, costs or their own price ranges for that? I would recommend going to a transmission shop for transmission fluid changes. They're literally doing them constantly, day in, day out. They're going to be your experts on how to do it properly, and they're probably going to charge less than your average shop for that. So that's what I would recommend for transmission fluid change is to go to a transmission shop. Okay. What I meant, though, was uh, are the average cost of repairs by make with uh, different mileages. For instance, so if you had that information, you'd say, well, if I buy this brand of this truck, I should expect this many miles without repairs, or it would cost me this much money to repair the average cost of that uh, truck? I'm not sure on that. I would uh, think that that is a uniform thing. Um, if you're changing your fluid on time and everything, your repair, if you have a repair problem, I imagine it's, it's, it's just going to be whatever it is um, on that cost on it, depending on the vehicle which can be a little bit varied between vehicles. So I think you just have to see it at the, when that time comes and, and see what the repair costs are on that. So I'm not real sure the answer directly on that. Okay, thank you for your help. you got a great program. Thank you very much. Thanks, Harry. We're glad you called in. We'll be taking more of your calls and talking about oil changes next. Send your emails to auto 
at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gale. Now, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for this week and for last week. Man, 318,500, that's over 300,000, 2019 and 2020, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram vehicles. The 2020 Ford Expedition, the F-150, and the Ranger. 2013 through 2016 BMW 3 Series. The 2019 and 2020 Chevrolet Bolt EV. The 2019 Subaru Crosstrek. The 2019 Dodge Durango Jeep Grand Cherokee, the 2020 Toyota Corolla Hatchback, and the 2019 through 2020 Ram 1500, 1500 Classic, and Jeep Compass. Now, you can find out if your specific car, your very specific car, has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number. And Allison, uh, remind folks where they can find the VIN number on their car. So you can find it when you open your door. There's a little label in the door jam that has the VIN number on it and a lot of other interesting information about your car. And you can also find it on the dash, on the driver's side, down on the windshield, bottom of the windshield. And you can find it there and looking on the outside of your car, looking inside the inside on top of the dash there. And we also want to let uh, Ford owners know, starting last Monday, owners of certain Ford Festia and Focus small cars equipped with the automaker's Power Shift Automatic Transmission can begin filing settlement claims that could top $20,000 a piece, depending on the issues experienced. So for owners with questions, you should contact Capstone Law Firm, and their email address is FordLawsuit at CapstoneLawyers.com. There's also a phone number, 855-310-9583. One more time, this is a settlement for um, problems with the Ford Festiva and Ford Focus cars. 
Um, and it could be $20,000 a piece, depending on the issues experienced. So if you own one of these cars, you should probably contact Capstone Law Firm. Their email address is Ford Lawsuit at capstonelawyers.com. Their phone number is 1-855-310-9583, and we'll have that information on our website. Let's go to the very patient George from Cleveland, who's called in this morning. George, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Uh, good morning, ladies. Uh, really enjoy your show. Thanks. Um, yes, I have a uh, what I call a carport queen. <laughs> it's a it's a vehicle that I stopped driving um, very much, and I, I, I'm speculating it may have some value in the future. This is a, a 1998 uh, Lincoln with a, a 4.6 liter V8, and my question is about um, how often should I uh, number one how do I start it up if I haven't run it for, say, two or three weeks? Uh, I usually keep it on a uh, float charger to keep the battery charged. But after two or three weeks uh, goes by, when you start the engine up, of course, all the oil has uh, kind of drained out of the top of the engine. It makes um, a lot of clatter and wear, uh, I'm assuming, when you when you start it up after uh, couple, uh, several weeks. So, So that's one question. Can I... Um, prevent it from starting up immediately. In other words, can I turn it over, um, uh, you know, 10, 10 seconds or so before starting it up? And the next thing would be the, uh, the frequency of oil changes. How, uh, on a car like this that's only craked every two to three weeks, um, how often should I actually change the oil in a car like that? Thank you. You're welcome. That's some good questions. Um, so with it starting up like that and making all that noise at first, I would have to wonder if your oil filter is not a very good one and it's not keeping the oil where it needs to. With the, There's a, a valve, like a check valve inside the oil filter that that keeps oil pressure, uh, keeps oil in the engine for startup and so that it's not a dry startup. So I have to wonder if your oil filter is uh, not a very good one or, or something's going on with that. Um, as far as how often you should change the oil when your car is, is not driven and and not dri- moved around much or driven much, um, I'm sure there's a lot of different opinions out there on, on that. But in my opinion, if it were my car, I'd probably change the oil once a year if I'm letting it. Uh, warm up to operating temperature at least once a month and and do it like that. You could probably go longer than that and it wouldn't hurt it, but that's just a precautionary um, measure. And But um, that's, that's a car that needs to, needs to be driven. It sounds like a really nice vehicle. I hope that helps answering your question there. Well, yes, you know, there's a, a little complication as well. Um, the manufacturer changed the uh, oil viscosity recommendation, uh, you know, like 10 years uh, after, you know, the vehicle is new. And so I tried this new viscosity, and the problem was even worse with um, with the, the clatter on the startup. 
So I went back to the, uh, I guess it was a lower viscosity oil, and it's helped, but my assumption has always been that the oil is leaking past the, uh, the valve guides, and that's why the, uh, the top of the engine is not lubricated. Could I, could I for instance... Oh, um, is it smoking? No, no, it's not. It's not, huh. actually. Okay. Um, I was thinking, could I, could I disconnect, uh, unplug electrically the fuel pump or something like that? And turn it over thirty seconds, say, and then turn then turn the fuel pump on. You could probably do that. You could probably pull the fuse pump, the fuse on the fuel pump, and and just turn it just a couple of seconds with the starter. On the starter, you don't want to run it more than ten seconds at a time with uh, a couple of minutes break in between, just to give you right. a heads up, because you'll burn a starter up. Yeah, they're such a powerful little motor right. that it doesn't take much to burn them up. Just to give you a, a heads up on that, uh-huh. and yeah, that's a good idea. Well, it, would it be better to disconnect the ignition or just shut off the fuel, or is there any preferred way to not have an engine start up? It would be better to disconnect the fuel because unburned fuel in your cylinder is going to clean off the oil in your cylinder walls and could mess up your rings. Uh, so it's okay. better not to have fuel going in there that's not getting burned off immediately. I see. So it's better to disconnect a fuel pump. Well, actually, I've already that. tried this. Uh, I, I, there's a shutoff switch in the, the trunk of the car, you know, in case you're in a collision or something, uh, uh, and you want to shut the fuel pump up. I've shut it off there, and the car started anyway <laughs> for, you know, a while. Uh, it ran for a while, so uh, maybe I have to go further you up. You may want to disconnect both then. You can yeah. pull the fuse or relay on your ignition and your yeah. fuel okay. system if you want to try that. Right. Okay. Then well, it thanks. definitely shouldn't start. <laughs> yeah, right. I, got, I can't keep it from starting. That's the problem. <laughs> so thanks very much for your advice. Y'all have a good day. Thank you, George, and You're we welcome. hope everybody's uh, safe from the, those horrible Easter tornadoes in Cleveland. I know y'all got hit uh, after in, after the flood from a couple of weeks ago. Let's move to Pascagoula and talk to Vic. Vic, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. How are you doing this morning? We're great. How about you? I was just trying to stay safe from this COVID-19. Amen. Uh, my question is, I have a 2004 Mercedes-Benz C-Series. And I was recommended to go synthetic. Oh, I have 200,000 miles on. Should I go synthetic and stay synthetic? I'd, rec- I'd go with what the car originally calls for. And if that's conventional oil, I would stick with that. It's such a high mileage. The most that you might want to do is go to a synthetic blend. But that's for a high, or no, I'm sorry, not synthetic blend, but for to a high mileage oil. Because high mileage oil has conditioners in it that help seals expand and gaskets expand. Not, not the synthetic blend, but the high mileage conventional oil. And, and stick to that. Now, I'm, I'm not sure why someone's recommending going to synthetic in a high mileage vehicle. If it's not leaking oil, you could probably get away with it. But if it has any little minor leak at all, it, it could get worse if you put synthetic fluid in it after it having so many miles on it, and since it's a high-mileage vehicle, very high-mileage vehicle. So okay, you may I'm not on, want to do that. Okay, I'm on a high-mileage 
How about a synthetic? Is that good? It's good, but I don't know if I would do that in a in a vehicle that has as many miles as yours does. I think I would stick to the high mileage conventional oil. Okay. That's available. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Vic. We appreciate you calling in. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're taking your more of your car repair questions. Next, what is an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. The contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is an, our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. Well, it's not mine and Allison's app. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click the support button and make a contribution because we really rely on contributions to purchase our national programming, and to keep the lights on here. So thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Now, Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the GMC Yukon the 09, the 15, and the 17, and the GMC Yukon XL 08, 14 through 16. The overall problem is uh, accessories, interior problems. Um, one of them is the taillights not working properly. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car or any used car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. If you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. Oh, I guess they've... uh, Postponed the Indianapolis 500. They've postponed everything. September is going to be the big sports month for everybody. I think they're pushed everything to September. Uh, Casey Williams has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. His review this week is on the Chevrolet Silverado Trail Boss and the Ford Ranger FX4. We've been talking about engine oil between your car repair questions, and we have four calls waiting, Allison, so we're going to move right on. Let's go to Wallace in Jackson. Wallace, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. All right. How y'all doing this morning? 
uh, I have a 2011 uh, GMC uh, Sierra, and my question about the oil consumption. And I was looking it up on the uh, on the internet, and they said what the PCC valve is in the valve cover gases. But anyway, I changed it out, and it's still doing the same thing. So I wonder what 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 is the problem on that? Well, a, a common area for an engine to leak oil, and it would be the next place that I would check, would be the oil pressure sensor. It goes bad in the insides of it, and it'll leak oil out of there. I've changed out many of them over the years. They cause a really bad oil leak. That's the next place I would check. In addition to that, I would check the rear main seal and the front main seal on your crankshaft and see if you're getting a leak from there. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just the oil pressure sensor, which is an easy, generally, usually an easy fix for yes, an oil, uh, oil leak. So that's what yes, I would check next. Yes, ma'am. That's the thing about it. It's not leaking oil. It's using the oil. Consuming oil. Is it is it smoking no, ma'am, it's not smoking. It's using, uh, I said, quart, quart, uh, two quarts between oil changes. Uh, oil, well, two quarts, when I when I bought it, I bought it, it had 89,000 miles on it, and I got 100-something miles. But now it's used the oil between the oil changes. It's not leaking anywhere or nothing, anything. Okay, I see. I have no idea what could be causing it to do that, Um it's normal to use about half a quart to a quart for an older vehicle like that, but two quarts, if you if you talk to someone at Chevy, they may say that that's normal for yeah. an older vehicle like that. Um, I'm not, that would be a little bit, it would make me uncomfortable too with it using that much, but that may be in the range of normal for an older Chevy engine like that. Twenty twenty eleven. So, uh, yeah. Uh they said they said it was normal. GMC said it was normal, but I mean uh, and they said uh they recommend change the P C V valve cover out there because the P C V valve is made into the valve cover on the right side. I mean on the left side on the driver's side, yes. Yeah, the P C V valve will get stuck where it's It'll get stuck open or get stuck closed because it does have vapors and sludge oil buildup that goes through there, and so that they they're right about that. That may help with the oil consumption. On my own car, I had to put in an oil catch can on the PC valve PCB valve system because oil was going through there and going into my engine, and it'll cause early engine failure. So I put an oil catch can on mine, and it's catching a lot of oil. And my car uses oil between oil changes. It uses about half a quart of oil uh, up to a quart, which is not good for an engine as young as it is. But but it's through the PCB valve system that, that it's malfunctioning. And so they're correct on that. So have you replaced that on your vehicle? Yes, ma'am. The, the the valve cover, the whole valve cover. Now, you one, did the whole valve thing. cover. Yes, ma'am. One more thing. Okay. It's filed, it's filed out the plug on the back side where the CC valve is. 
they found out that one plug on that, that side. The valve, the valve, the PTV valve made into the valve cover, and they recommended change okay. that because they said it wasn't breathing right or something. And they fouled out the plug on that side, and I changed it out. Okay. Or get the plug some some kind of way. Well, it it sounds like then that you've got a leak or or, or it's consuming oil. I'm sorry, not a leak, but consuming oil at what's going to be normal range for that engine on there which you sounds like you've already done everything that could be done to to prevent right. it from using so much oil and that's just how much it's going to use then unfortunately okay sorry All wallace right. what well, good luck and i hope uh, you can you know try something and, and and find out what happened but thank you so much for calling in let's go to michael in Madison now. Michael, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Good morning. Uh, it was just, what a coincidence, the guy that just called, he had the similar problem that uh, that I have. I have a 2011, and but mine's a Silverado, or the brand new, and that so happens I was headed out of town. I used to go by my display that's Inside, you know, they show you your oil life uh, left. You know, you have this oil life left. I think when it got down to about seven something percentage, I went out and pulled my oil stick. Never did that because, you know, my truck was brand new. But when I pulled the oil stick, it was not touching any oil. So every then I, yeah, I started, you know, uh, dealing with the company and everything. But uh, I did know, and that was before it reached 100,000 miles. The oil was going mm-hmm. somewhere. The oil was going somewhere, and that, and that's a 5.3 motor. And I was just wondering, uh, have anybody else had that problem? Here's this other guy that just talked before me. seemed like he had the same problem. Um, but one thing I did notice to change the oil, I was, when I first got the truck, they was using um, the uh, synthetic blend oil. Then, and I was getting it from the dealer, and then all of a sudden it started with the full synthetic. And when you look it up and try to buy the synthetic blig, it crossed over to the full synthetic. So I was just trying to see what's going on with that because the oil is not leaking, no leaks under the truck, not coming out the tailpipe, you know. It was a brand-new motor. The oil is going somewhere. So it first started with like 7,000 miles I was changing oil. Then when uh, I was doing an oil consumption test, it reduced. Uh, I think they started, like, changing it every 5,000 miles. So I was just trying to see what's going on with that um, 5.3 motor in 2011. I've got a friend who's a 5.3, what I would call an expert on the 5.3. And for people who don't know what that is, that's the LS 5.3 engine. Mm-hmm. Um so, but I'm I'm not as familiar with that engine and its oil consumption. So apparently that's an issue on them. I would Google it and look into it a little bit and see if this is normal. Uh, that more people are having this problem. Right. Um, I wouldn't doubt it or be surprised if it's if they use that much oil between uh, oil, oil changes. Mm-hmm. Just because of the nature of Chevy yeah, engines. It got to the point I was using two quarts between oil changes, 
And we, they started shortening the oil chain. Instead of going 7,000 miles, they started going 5,000. I still was using oil. So I was trying to see what's, what's going on, what was going on with those motors. Those Michael, you and Wallace, uh, Allison has recommended a a number of times going to uh, the the vehicle forums on the Internet. If you if you can look it up or if you have somebody who can look it up for you to, uh, you know, look to see uh, if there's a Silverado 2011 owners forum. And I'm sure, you know, this oil problem uh, you know, if it's uh, specific to the Silverado, that there'll probably be some some information on there. Uh, sorry, we didn't have any more information for you, but we appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Larry, who's called in from Enterprise. Larry, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, I have a uh, 2008 Mustang GT with uh, 69,000 miles. Uh, I service it regularly. I, I pamper it. It's not a daily driver. What's the story on the transmission fluid? How many miles is that good for? You know, et cetera. It's supposed to last the life of the car. I, I can hardly believe that. Your comments, please. My feelings on the long-lasting transmission fluid, supposedly, I'm sure it lasts longer than it used to. But I still like to do a drain and fill at 50,000 miles every 50,000 miles. So you're usually changing out about half the oil at that time. Unless you've been doing flushes regularly, uh, I wouldn't change it uh, or, or do a flush on it, but just do a drain and fill. And that's my opinion on that, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, maybe we'll have a transmission specialist come on one day and we'll get in more depth to talk about transmission fluid and and changes and how how these long lasting fluids are supposedly wearing on these in, on these transmissions the The question is what do they consider the life of a vehicle? Is it two hundred and fifty thousand miles? Is it three hundred thousand? Is it a million miles? And so I'm under the impression that all fluid breaks down at some point regardless they're going through heat cycles so you they've got to be changed at some point so that's where i stand and other professionals i know in the industry feel the same way so in my opinion you change it every fifty thousand. you do a drain and fill every fifty thousand. that gets about half the fluid and that should be enough to keep the vehicle going okay good deal really i appreciate that that's what i was thinking too thank you Thank you, Larry. We appreciate you calling in. We've been discussing oil changes and taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. 
Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. And stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. Now, in the news, uh, car insurance companies have announced uh, reductions in automobile insurance premiums, a number of them for April and May. Because everybody's sheltering in place, they're not sta- they're not driving out, and they're not getting into car accidents. So, Allstate is going to give uh, uh, six hundred million dollars to uh, customers in April and May. Insurance is giving a fifteen percent cash refund. Farmers is reducing their premiums by twenty five percent. Geico is giving a fifteen percent credit. Liberty Mutual is giving back uh, $250 million nationwide, $50 per policy, progressive, 20% credit, State Farm, $2 billion dividend to its auto insurance customers. USAA will be returning $520 million to its members. So if you're not getting some money back on your car insurance, you might call them and see... uh, see what's up. I am Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. And Allison, we have three calls. Let's see if we can get through. Let's go to, uh, oh, wait, I thought Dale was next. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to Dale, who's called in from Clinton. Dale, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be quick. Uh, I got a 2011 Nissan Titan, uh, and I drive a lot. I end up changing the oil probably every four to five weeks, between three and 5,000 miles. I've always used Castrol uh, 5W30. Uh, never had a problem. Got 305,000 miles on it. Uh, I'm having a hard time finding conventional or uh, older high-mileage oil. It's all gone to the synthetic. And the last time I put it in there, I used the, the blend. Is are they phasing out the conventional oil, or or is it using the synthetic, synthetic okay? It's not leaking any oil, and it, it doesn't burn any oil, so it's doing great. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear Nissan Titan is one of my favorite. It is my favorite truck out there. I used to have one, and um, it's an awesome vehicle. But, um so I, I I didn't realize that you could have trouble finding conventional oil because I actually have not had a car that I use conventional oil in a long time. I've used synthetic high mileage synthetic blends in my higher mileage vehicles because of the conditioners in it that help seal up your engine. So if it's if it's gone to synthetic blend, that should be fine. If you're not seeing any problems or more leaks, and that's awesome, too. And uh, like I said, the high-mileage recipe that they use for the oil has conditioners in it that seal up gaskets and and seals. It expands them. And so if you're using the the high-mileage synthetic blend, it should actually do your engine a good good thing. So it's 
I, I haven't heard anything about them phasing out synthetic oil, but uh, I, like I said, I haven't particularly been looking for conventional oil for years, so I'm not well, real sure on that. I, but um, I, thank you I for go. your question, and, and that's interesting. I'll have to look into that a little further. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dale. Let's move to Richard, who's called in from Clinton. Richard, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I drive a 2015 Ram 1500 4x4, and I was listening to y'all specialists now, and a couple of times she spe- she said that she recommends changing the oil in the transmission every 50,000 miles. Well, my truck has a sealed transmission, a sealed transfer case, and a sealed rear end, and I don't think there is a way to change those fluids. And I was curious what her thoughts on that is, and if she thinks it's a system where we should actually try to break the transmission open to do these services? Um, I would, if, if it were me, um, to be honest. But to get a, a better answer, that I would want to talk to a transmission shop about that. Someone who I trust who, who is familiar with the, the transmissions in the Dodge Ram uh, truck that you have and see what, what they say about that. And so we we need to have a show about transmission fluid. It sounds like, and I I know I know a couple of people in the industry that we could talk to and and get on here and get a little more information from. But in my opinion, I I can't fathom a fluid that lasts over two hundred thousand miles without having to be changed. Which to me, the life of a vehicle is probably somewhere around. 350 to 500,000 miles. There's plenty of vehicles out there that have gone that far. Well, Richard, you, you've uh, really just uh, helped us cement that. We're going to try to get so a transmission that's my person opinion on. on that. And, and at this point, I'm going to stick to it until we find out further that that's something different on these sealed transmissions. And, um, and I guess they don't have drain plugs on them, which is just kind of hard to imagine. I didn't know that they were doing that. So, that's something we need to look in further on. Thank you, Richard. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, Curtis, I'm sorry, I don't think we're going to be able to get to you, but you can always email the lady auto mechanic at the email address for our show. That's auto at mpbonline.org. Uh, Allison, what about additives for oil? So the, that's I've I've really I've heard so many different opinions on it. Um, so basically, do your research and get and listen and watch a bunch of reviews on it. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube about oil additives. Do a lot of research before you make a decision on using one. And and the question is why are you doing it? If you're trying to make your oil better, well the Oil that's in your car these days has a very sophisticated recipe that works really, really well with the engines these days and and probably doesn't need any kind of additive to make it better. So that's my opinion on that. Well, we appreciate your opinion, Allison. Thank you so much for being with us. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Kevin Farrell, and thank you, Java Chapman, for helping me here at MPB. I'm Liz Gill, and so for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic, 
Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.